0: Well, team, we're starting a new series today, and coming right off that video, we want to talk about the body of Christ. Well done, Barry. Thank you. That's so good. Let me read to you from 1 Corinthians chapter twelve, verse twenty-seven. The Apostle Paul writing to us today, and he says this: He says, "Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it." Interesting, isn't it? How like he he kind of says you collectively are this thing. You are the body of Christ, but he also says to each one of us individually. Each one of us are part of it. Lawrence is part of it. Thank you, Lawrence, for your encouragement. That's so good. You are the body of Christ. You know, we've just come back from a mission trip. Pastor Bob Maggie and Pastor Shane and Pastor Adam and Darcy, who lead our um, Papakura campus. Uh, We've been uh, just doing some stuff overseas just recently. And uh, as part of that, we went to Cambodia. Cambodia is a fascinating country with an absolutely tragic history. And uh, when we were there, we met a young couple that we've had a relationship with for a few years uh, through Bruce and Diane. Um, they lead a mission work up in northern Cambodia in a place called Stung Tring. And I'm hoping that over the next few years, a bunch of you will get an opportunity to go up and visit the work that is happening up there. A few years ago, we took up a missions offering across our campus and we raised the seed money for the building of a facility up there called the Hope Center. Stung Trang used to be this little tiny backwater place in the middle of nowhere. Uh, In the uh, the ensuing few years, uh, another nation has come and put some massive uh, roads right through Cambodia, and this little backwater has now become a major intersection. And a previous director of this work uh, rightly identified that these roads aren't going to just be used for transporting resources. These roads are going to be used for trafficking women and children. And we need to have a Christian presence there, right at that crossroads. And so we were, uh, with Bruce and Diane, we were a part of raising some money and seeing that. And, and so we were able to just uh, drop in and connect with this young couple again. And they're doing some phenomenal work up there in Cambodia. They're assisting with getting kids uh, in villages into schools. And I know many of you over the years have been a part of that ACTS program. Uh, they also negotiate with the parents so that when harvest season comes, the kids won't get ripped out of school and put out in the fields to work, which is what normally happens, thereby disrupting their education, thereby stopping them moving ahead with that thing that is so important to them. They get support internationally to subsidize putting toilets into homes and uh, filters that filter water, Uh, diarrhea, gastrointestinal problems, It's just normal life in rural Cambodia. And with toilets put in and sand filters, diarrhea disappears, gut pain disappears. Kids are able to perform better at school. Marriages are healthier. Everything is different as a result. These guys run English classes. They run computer classes. From time to time, they advise local farmers, many of whose parents were killed uh, in the killing fields back in the 70s, and so all this generational farming knowledge has been lost. and Many of these farmers have no idea really how to crop their land, and so they from time to time advise local farmers on how to get more out of that. They encourage church planting, and most importantly, they are raising up and training young Cambodians to take over this work as it goes on. Now, I don't know if you've ever been to Cambodia, but Jim, she's hot. It is hot and wet and sticky, and it is just... Like it's actually a bit distressing when you get off the plane in Cambodia, especially uh, in the wet season. And when you're a young couple, five hours drive from the nearest city, 12 hours flying from your closest mates, loneliness and isolation just chip away at you. It's a hard place to be serving the Lord. But they're there because God's called them to go and be His hands and His feet to a nation of people that has been devastated over the last two generations. And they're there to help. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And these guys are not a part of Elam. They're a part of Asian Outreach, which Bruce and Diane are two of the key directors of. And um, why are we visiting them? We're visiting them because God connected us. Because they're part of the same body as us even though they don't have the same name as us. And we are part of something with them. It's a beautiful thing. You know, in India, uh, we've, in recent years, built two schools by partnering with an organization called GEMS Ministry. GEMS Ministry was started by a young Indian evangelist called Augustine Jebakuma. And as a young man, he reluctantly obeyed the call of God to leave southern India to go up to this remote outpost in northern India, or Bihar, which by the way is the home of Buddhism, and uh, he is he we just labored up there for years and years living on not much more than uh, rice and water, walking from village to village, just sharing the gospel. Sometimes seeing people saved, sometimes being chased out, guys throwing stones at him. Uh, eventually, he managed to get a bicycle, he would ride just immense distances just to share the gospel with people. Now, Augustine Jibakuma is in his early 70s. Jim's ministry uh, has gained a little bit of traction since then. Um, It includes state-of-the-art hospitals that doctors around the world come to serve in. They have schools, they have centers for abused girls, they have Bible colleges, vocational training centers, and they are probably currently one of the most strategic and effective church planning movements on the continent of India They are doing an astonishing job. They are systematically reaching India by raising up workers in their Bible colleges and sending them out into villages and towns to preach the gospel and to have a Christian presence there. And guess what? They're not Elam. Now, interestingly enough, he actually went up there because there were two Elam missionaries, two women from the UK, which labored in that little town for 30 years, never saw a single soul saved. And began praying, God, you've got to send somebody who can carry this work on. And it was around that time that this young Indian man in South India started having this vision from God. about God's eyes weeping, saying, I'm calling you to come north and help these people. Why are we connected with him? Why are we building uh, schools with this group? Because they're not Elam. Well, it's because they too are part of the same body we're part of. Part of God's church. And together, we are part of His body. In Indonesia, there's a Bible college uh, in a very strong Muslim area on Java. We've supported this Bible college on and off for decades. In fact, there's actually a building there, uh, one of the many buildings in this Bible college, that is called the Elam Building. And I understand it was built uh, by this church, funds raised from this campus. Uh, many years ago, um, I'm not sure how many years ago it was, we took up a mission offering and we re-roofed the whole facility for them. They're actually Assemblies of God. They're run by the Assemblies of God Church. What are we doing helping out the Assemblies of God? Well, because it's not a competition. We're on the same team. And we work together because it is God's church. It is His body. And so us here at Elam Christian Center... This year, we're doing a whole bunch of things. We're helping support the work of Bruce and Diane and Asian Outreach just a little bit. We're, uh, our schools have sent teams, as you've heard, Tanzania and Israel. Right now, we are building a training center in, in northern Sri Lanka for a whole bunch of church leaders that we've built relationship with through Pastor Vicky for many, many years. Uh, we are finishing off the church building for the very first Elam church in Bangladesh in Dakar. That's going on right as we are speaking. We're funding a building at a girls' home for abused girls uh, in Kandy in Sri Lanka. Uh, we have paid for and run training seminars for around about 150 leaders in India and Sri Lanka. And in just in the last month, the last three weeks, uh, we have run training seminars and paid for training seminars for 350 pastors, women, uh, and youth in Vietnam. The vast majority of these people are from rural churches, rural villages where they are persecuted by local police, it's just a tough thing. Not only that, we have spent time training 15 house group leaders in the Elam Church in China that was planted by Pastor John and Rosa from our campus here, and we've just, as you know, planted our sixth campus, and you heard it first here, there's more on the way in our own city of Auckland. See, what we're doing here and what we're doing around the world is part of the same thing that these others are doing. We're part of the same thing. It's God's church. It is His body. And each one of us is a part of it. And that's how—that's the thing I want you to go away from today. Understand, we are part of something. I want everyone to say, I am a part of something. Yes, you are. You are a part of something. We have the church. You know, the church is the hope of the world. And there are so many different groups and individuals and organizations and denominations all being used by God and doing great things. It's quite astonishing who God uses. I remember many years ago when we first took our children to Parachute Music Festival. You know, the great thing about Parachute Music Festival, from my perspective, was not the music. I mean, music was great. But what it was, was that our kids suddenly realized that God is bigger than just what they see Him doing here at Elon Christian Center. They, they saw the, the, stand there for leprosy mission and realized that God is really interested in eradicating leprosy in the world. They saw the, the, chaplaincy for the military and realized that God is really interested in reaching our soldiers and our airmen and our navy crew. God saw the, the radio, Christian radio, I mean, our kids saw the Christian radio stations presented there and realized God really is involved in Christian radio. And there are all these different ministries and there are all these different people. I mean, God is doing astonishing things in the world through people different from us, but just the same as us, and he's called us to be a part of that same thing around the world. That's just remarkable. There are literally hundreds of millions of people out there, all directed by God's Spirit, all directed by God, doing great things in the world. You see, God is more interested in our availability than in our theology, and it's taken me a long time to admit that. So I like our theology. I think our theology is pretty good. But that seems to be the case. Because God uses people that, if I'm totally honest, I don't think I'd use. But God doesn't seem to care about what I think. Which is probably just as well. The church would be in far worse shape. I remember hearing Pastor Bayless Connolly from the States telling a story about a particular guy they had in their church. Who was, he was on the autism spectrum. He was a little different. Um, he, he had some um, social issues, uh, and he was just an, an, an awkward, difficult person that really needed a lot of extra grace. And he said, one Sunday morning, this guy turned up at church, and he had with him one of the most beautiful women that he had ever seen. And so that he preaches the sermon. He sees this guy sitting down in the back next to this woman who's clearly a model of some description. He gives a salvation call. This young woman gives her life to Christ. And then after the service, he goes and meets with them and finds out that this woman that just that year was the runner-up Miss California. And so uh, he said to he said to her after you know the, the kind of follow up conversation, um, how did you how did you end up here today with this great young guy that you came with and she said well she said it you know it was the funniest thing she said i was just i actually i couldn't sleep last night i've just been in such a tough place struggling with depression Uh, a whole bunch of issues in my life are going wrong and i just found myself in the early hours of the morning down at the beach i was sitting on the beach as the sun comes up contemplating taking my own life and i just was in my in my mind i just cried out to god says god are you real she says at that moment someone tapped me on the back of my shoulder I turned around, and it was this young man here. And he said, good morning, ma'am. Would you like to come to church with me? (laughs) Bayless Connolly was astonished, and as he wandered back into the church, he says, I just had this little conversation with God. I said, God, why do you use people like that? And God said back to him, because they're available. Sometimes we're so caught up in our theology and in our, our grievances and in our judgments of what's right and what's wrong and what's not okay and what is okay, as long as we are just not available for God and God is looking for people who, is, who are available. You know, it's really time we realize this, that God has a body and we are that body and we're a part of that body and it's time that, you know, look, we stop criticizing and judging the bits that don't look like us or sound like us or believe like us or do church like us, Right? And, and I think we're all a little bit guilty of this. I know I am a little bit guilty of this. And, and, cause I like who we are and I like what we do. And it's, it's time for us, I think, to, to get a fresh revelation again that we are part of something that is bigger than us. But we are importantly part of this. We have a part to play as well. We're gonna to go to the Bible this morning and we're going to jump into 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And we're going to go through this passage over the next few weeks. I want to break this passage down. And uh, you know, Paul is writing to this particular church in this particular place called Corinth. And, and um, he's kind of saying, you know, you guys, you, you're all great. You're all great. You're all gifted. You're all being used by God. But you have to remember you are one body. This is not a competition, people. And in this first part of the passage, he's getting us to realise this: that we are we are part of something, something that comes from God's spirit. Let's read this. It's in your notes, First Corinthians twelve, verse uh, verse twelve to fourteen. He says, "Just as a body," so he's talking about this thing that, that you and I have got. "Just as a body, just as a body, the one." has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. He's given us a great metaphor, a great analogy for us to understand what he's trying to say. He says, for we were all baptized by one Spirit so as to form one body. That's why baptism is so important. Something happens, it's, a, it's something that includes us in. You know, hands up if you've been baptized in this church very quickly. Hands up if you've ever been baptized. If you're here today and you've been baptized, doesn't matter whether you're baptized here or somewhere else. Put your hands up. So, give, give, nice and high. Give us away. Give us away. Okay, look around just for a moment. That, baptism is something that we have in common here. Something that the Christian church has in common. From the first time, from Jesus Himself who was baptized. And if you haven't been baptized, man, you want to pop the information desk or stick it on the connect card while you're sitting there, man, we would love to baptize you. We're pretty good at it. We haven't lost anyone yet. They go under, they come back up, you're in safe hands. For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, regardless of your ethnicity, your nationality, what country you came from, regardless of your salary, your pay packet, your current employment situation. And all of those things are superseded by the fact that we are part of this one thing. And he says, And we were all given the one spirit to drink, to, to partake of. In the same way the body drinks fluid into itself. So we as the body, we receive the spirit into ourselves. Verse 14, even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. He's laboring this point. The body of Christ is not made up of one part. It's not made up of one ethnicity. It's not made up of one gifting. It's not made up of one social socioeconomic strata. It's not made up of one anything. It's made up of many things. And that's what I want us to understand this morning. If you've got your notes, you can write this thing. You know, I'm part of something. And here's the first thought today. I am a part, not the body. I am a part, not the body. You know, we tend to think, you know, I'm it. God's got me. He really doesn't need anybody else. we got this thing sorted. You know, it's easy for us, I think, sometimes to forget that actually the power of the church is in its diversity. The power of the giftings are in their diversity. There are people out there that I would never reach, that they would never relate to me, but man, they will relate to you. There are people out there that get you and you will get them and I wouldn't no matter how long I was trying to befriend them. And that's because of who you are, your unique personality, your particular gift mix. That's the power of the church that we are just a part and we need every other part as well, You see, the body is incredibly diverse. I mean, think about it for a moment. I've got a leg. I've actually got two. I've got two legs, just to clarify there. I'm a little tired, so maybe I've got a leg, and I've got a liver. Now, they're quite different. Uh, I'll be honest with you. My leg is down here. It's really useful. It's a little skinny. It's, uh, it's a little white, uh, particularly being in the middle of winter. But, you know, these skinny things here, they'll carry me over a mountain, uh, we're going to run a 32-kilometer race coming up in a couple of months we're training for. And uh, they're, they're quite useful, quite useful, these these things down here. Now, compare that to my liver. Most of us don't even know where our liver is. It's in here. Uh, it looks nothing like this. It's not white. It's not skinny. It's this little thing, a bit of meat, really. It's a bit of meat now. I'm not even entirely sure what it does, so I'll be honest with you but I'm really happy about it because I've come to realize that if you, can, if you chop my leg off, I'll be good as gold. I can survive without one leg. I can either survive, survive without two legs. Take my liver out. I'm toast. Can't live without a liver. It's a, it's a pretty important little, little sucker. Compare a thumb and a thyroid gland. Completely different. Compare a head and a heart beating away inside. You know, our parts don't look the same. They don't function the same. They don't feel the same. And take a look around. We don't look the same. We don't function the same. We don't feel the same. But together, we are part of something powerful and beautiful. The second thought this morning is this, is that I must do my part for the body. I must do my part for the body. We had a friend of ours several years ago, interestingly talking about a liver, and uh, he had problems with his liver. And the problem was, is that while his liver actually functioned fine as a liver, it had this, this terrible thing where it actually produced a particular protein which it sent out from its liver and it coated the inside of his arteries and the walls of his heart and it was slowly killing him. It had already killed two of his siblings, and, uh, and he, he's alive today because of a liver transplant. His liver, strangely enough, will work fine in somebody else, but in him, it sends out these proteins which attack his own body. What a picture of the person in Christ's body who is involved but who sees himself as different to or above the other parts of the body and who subtly or quietly gossips or criticizes or judges other parts of the body, slowly affecting the function of the other parts of the body. You see, I want to do my part, but I must at the same time do no harm to any other part of the body of Christ. You know, one part can poison the whole body. And so it is with the body of Christ. One part can poison a whole lot of the body of Christ. And I must do my part with care and concern and respect for the other parts of the body because I am part of something. And ultimately, if the body suffers, then I suffer. You know, we're all here today in the sort of... Mums and dads... You're here in this auditorium today if you've got kids because somewhere out through those doors or upstairs, there's probably some mayhem going on, but because we have a team uh, of young men and women who are out there serving us in their gifts by loving these kids and connecting these kids with God and doing something powerful. They're not in here. They're not a part of this. They're out there, part of something else. They have a different gifting and a different role to play, but how grateful are we because they are? And because they do. And this is the third thought this morning. I am supplied by the body. You see, the spirit operates within the body in the same way that your blood operates within your body. Your breath comes inside your body to operate. And so it is with the spirit. It was the spirit that brought me new life. It's the spirit that keeps me supplied. But most times the way the spirit works is through the body. Paul says, we're all drinking the same stuff, ladies and gentlemen. No one has got a special supply. No one has got a special connection. The spirit is the same spiritual oxygen we each breathe in. It's the same spiritual blood supply that flows in us and the same life-giving force that flows in us, listen to this, also flows between us. And when we love each other, and when we encourage each other, and when we prophesy over each other, and when we 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 share our hearts with each other, when we do a bit of life together in a small group, or uh, when we get to church, when we ha- ha- sit and have a coffee, when we just when we just are there for one another, there's something that flows between us that is of the spirit that feeds us and oxygenates our very soul. You know, I'm I I'm fiercely elam i love elam i'm proud of being elam and i'm going to tell you why there's a reason why i'm not anglican why i'm not baptist why i'm not catholic why i'm not presbyterian or anything else and this is why because i think that our theology is pretty much spot on i think our practice is pretty much relevant i think that we are led by the spirit i think our leadership style is healthy and biblical. Guess what I realized a few years ago? I realized, to my shock and horror, that the Baptists think the same thing about the Baptist church. I know. Now, the Catholics think the same thing about the Catholic church. They go to the Catholic church because they think their theology is pretty spot on. They think their leadership structure is fantastic, They think their practice is good and relevant. I know, I know. I was shocked. Then what's going on with the world? And God, most unhelpfully, doesn't correct them. He doesn't say to them, "You really should all be elam. Elam are much better." He doesn't do that. He 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 goes and encourages them, and he uses them willy-nilly around the world to change people's lives. What is he thinking? This is most unhelpful but isn't it true isn't it true you know i think when we get to heaven we'll realize that actually none of us on the planet got it completely right none of us had our theology quite completely right none of us had our practice quite completely right none of us had our leadership quite completely right none of us not us not anybody else and the sooner we realize that the better and i want to Challenge every one of us here this morning to make a commitment between ourselves and between us and God, a commitment. A commitment to discern the body. You know when we take communion, it talks about those who do not discern the body and blood of Christ when they eat and drink, bring judgment on themselves. Part of what he's saying there is you need to discern the body that you are a part of. You need to understand the responsibility you have to one another. You need to understand that you are a part, but you're just a part. You've got to do your part, but not hurt any other part. Part of coming round the table of communion is for us to check our hearts again. Make sure we're not in some way damaging other parts of the body because we need you and you need me and together we need each other. And that's the power of this thing that is so influential around the world right now. We have a friend, dear friend of ours, who has multiple sclerosis. There are a bunch of nasty diseases out there. This is one of them. And multiple sclerosis is an autoimmune disease. Some of you here probably... Uh, suffer from one of a a very large family of autoimmune diseases. And, you know, she has seen radical change in her life and in her body as she's gone through radical diet change, some pretty heavy-duty medical intervention, but it's a nasty thing. Now, here's what's interesting. An autoimmune disease is one where the body's immune system that normally attacks foreign bacteria, foreign bodies coming into the body, makes the mistake of attacking its own body. Makes the mistake of attacking its own joints and skin and organs. Let me say this this morning. We don't have to agree with everyone out there. But let's not be those ones who attack our own body. Let's together champion God's church. Let's honor the different parts of God's body. He's the one who can sort it all out in the end, not us. And in the meantime, let's just love everyone who loves Jesus. And let's get on with the job of taking this world for Christ. Amen. We are a part of something, ladies and gentlemen. You know, as we come to a close this morning, I just want to say, you know, maybe you don't know Jesus. Maybe you're, you're not a part of this thing. Well, you've got so much to look forward to. You know, if you don't know Jesus and, and it's time for you to get grafted into the body, it's time for you to be a part of it. It's time for you to be a part of this thing that God is doing. I just want to say a couple of things to you very quickly as we come to our, come to our close this morning. and I hand back to Lizzie. You know, the Bible says that for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life that whoever included me, and it includes you. The Bible says that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We've all missed the mark of what God has for our lives, and we've rejected Him as the rightful authority in our lives, and that keeps us separated from God, and we can't know or, or experience Him. But Jesus Christ came, died on the cross for your sins and mine. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to God except through me. And this is the incredible thing. See, for all those who received Him, to those who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of God. And if you will receive Him this morning as your Lord and Savior, as the one who died on the cross for your sins and was raised back to life, for your eternal life, if you'll receive Him in your heart and your mind, if you will make Him Lord and Savior this morning, then God will honor that and He will change you from the inside out and you'll become part of the biggest, and most extraordinary family on the planet if you'd like to do that this morning as we all bow our heads right now I'd just like to invite you to pray along with me come on let's bow our heads let's pray together if you want to pray that prayer you can pray it as simply as just following along after me something like this dear Lord Jesus thank you that you love me I confess this morning that I am a sinner and my sin keeps me separated from knowing you But I believe Jesus came for me. And so this morning, Lord, I choose to receive you into my life. I make you my Lord and Savior. Fill me. Forgive my sins. Make me new and make me yours. I ask that in Jesus' name.